0: Welcome to Chucking a Sicky. This week, I can't go to work because, look, it's a little bit awkward. Um, I actually have to go back in time and kill this lady. Her name is Sarah something, something Connor. I I don't really remember. Anyway, supposedly she's a big deal. She's going to have a son. He's a big deal. I've got to kill them. You know the drill. I'm your host, Harry. And each episode, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect day off. From the excuse they use to get out of work, to the song that sets the tone for the day, their favourite meal, and of course, their adventurous afternoon. A real-life Ferris Bueller's day off. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up, from comedy superstars to bands, playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even T-1000. But this week, we have the radiant Russell Kane. Russell Kane is an English comedian who managed to win both the Melbourne International Comedy Award and Dave's Edinburgh Comedy Award in the same year. The first to ever do it. He also hosts two massive podcasts, Man Baggage and Evil Genius. Evil Genius is actually coming to TV this year, so make sure to check that out as well. Russell Kane is coming to Australia to tour his new show, The English Variant, which was actually picked by The Guardian as number one comedy performance to come out of 2020. Russell Kane will be touring from the 13th to the 19th of November this year in Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. So make sure to grab your tickets. Links to the show are in the description below. As always, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Chuck in a Sicky podcast. really means a lot to us. But for now, Pull out that thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chucking a
1: Siki. <gasps> Chuck,
0: Russell Kane, thank you so much for joining us on Chucking a sickie. My pleasure. Now, to start off Chucking a sickie, you've got to get in the mindset of your worst job that you've ever done. So for you, what's been your worst job?
2: Oh God, I've, I've done just about everything you can think of. Um, it's a nice job in the comfort sense but for my personality because I was basically born talking I think working in the library was pretty bad (laughs) I used to have to work in a library a library on a Saturday when I was 16 so it's a chuck up between that and selling frozen food door to door which is the most I think the Australian phrase would be bogan thing I've ever (laughs) done in my entire life while my granddad sat in the car with leaflets and I had to flog frozen yeah that was worse selling frozen food door to door although it provided excellent you know groundwork for the comedian's gift of the gab
0: yeah i mean what type of frozen food are you selling door to door i feel like that would have to be in like a
2: freezer or something so we what we were actually selling was a frozen food subscription service so we're selling the vision on the leaflet (laughs) of the things you might subscribe to and the little old yeah. ladies they normally were would sign up and then the frozen, they would they would be on the hook and my, my job would be done and their frozen food would start arriving. It was a company, they probably still exist in Germany, called Iceman. E-I-S-M-A-N-N. But the problem is we've got a massive supermarket in the UK called Iceland. So there was oh, always, there was a, commu- yeah. a communication job between trying to get them to, uh, I've never spoke about this by the way, this job ever on stage <laughs> or on television, And... Uh, but the problem was the the most popular product was a meatballs product so it was called Bobby's Balls and when you are 17 or 18 I mean even now I would struggle to take (laughs) an order for yeah to take an order for Bobby's Balls with a straight face from an old lady but my granddad did not find it funny at all that me and my <laughs> dad because we were just laughing in old ladies faces when they were saying balls it was just horrible yeah. i didn't want to do it i don't i don't like cold calling i didn't like walking in the streets it was just horrible mm. and, it, and my granddad was my boss oh okay dangerous now is this the granddad that uh raised you with your nan no yeah well yes this is my grand the granddad that well the nan's flat i ended up living in He was already Hmm. deceased by that point as he was about 100 stone with a stent stick, a diabetic stent sticking out of his neck even by the time he was 60. His hands turned, it's it's not my biological granddad, obviously not my nan had about six husbands and his hands turned uh were turned sideways and then when he was driving us home down one of these like tiny english country lanes when you get full beam in your face every time he had to swerve he would go fuck me gently and turn the steering (laughs) wheel with his hands he was a real character ken he did he did eight years uh for vat tax fraud in prison before he married my nan
0: yeah i heard that your nan met some people in prison as well or went to visit them at the very
2: least yeah, so my aunt—that was Ken, that was her last husband. But a couple, one of her other husbands was in prison. She was visiting the father of my uncle Tony, and that's when she fell in love with the father <laughs> of my uncle Bob, who was also, yeah. in, uh, who was visit, who was visiting his mate in prison. Then she went home and shagged him, and split up with Dennis while he was still inside. I mean, my name. You know, you know when people try and exaggerate their chavvy bogan background. I have to sort of tone mine down a bit in case I get get unbooked from Channel fucking Nine for not being squeaky clean enough or something. Yeah, I
0: mean, a big part of your comedy as well, which I wanted to speak about, is the fact of your heritage. Obviously, your dad plays a big a big role in that as well. I mean, I heard that you started, I guess, speaking a bit more about your your dad and your family when Russell Howard and you had a conversation, and they were like in stitches about the fact of your heritage. For you nowadays. Does the material just come from your family? Are you trying to do a bit more? I mean, obviously, the English variant is a bit more uh, contextual.
2: Are you trying to find more current events type of work? Not really. Um, uh, so I did an interview with it, We got a, uh, an older famous comic called Bradley Walsh. I don't know if he's known it in, uh, in Australia. He hosts The Chase, a really popular game show. Oh, that, yeah. We know The Chase uh, he down into, here. Yeah. So I don't know. You, you probably got an Aussie host or, or something. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. We definitely do no idea his name but we do the uh, the aussie chasers i bet the questions are a lot a lot easier what's that called under under queensland (laughs) i fucking fucking know it jared um so but the uh no the um he he said to me that 99 percent of the time people like me don't end up becoming comedians i'm what's known as a, a kitchen comic i'm your funny mate from the kitchen who everyone goes, why didn't you become a stand-up? I don't know, I don't want to get on stage. I'm just a funny bloke with my mate. That was me. 99% of us don't take that step to go in on stage because we're, we're not really good with strangers. We've got stage fright. We're not natural public speakers. We just can make the whole house laugh. We're the first one dancing at the wedding. You'll know, you'll have a friend you're thinking of now. They're yeah, never comedians. Yeah. I did take yeah. that step. What it means is... I never write material, ever. I just walk on stage for 60 minutes. If I'm annoyed about a sandwich I've had on the Qantas flight, that's probably what I'll <laughs> talk about for five minutes. And yeah. over a period of time, whatever random shit I've thought of during the preview process, that becomes the show. So it, that's why it's so often about my my life rather than material that I've crafted. I never craft material. I've never written a joke in my entire life. Um, but because well, we came out of COVID and Australia... Really didn't want to come out of COVID. It was like trying to get. No. It was like trying to wake someone up in a comfy duvet. I'm not ready. I'm. I'm enjoying lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone, Dad. Five more minutes, oh, please. When, when, when Australia came out of lockdown in 2026, um, it, it, was, uh, it, it was. It was. It was going to be even more relevant because I just spoke about my environment and what made me laugh. Well, for three years, it was my house. Our idiot prime minister. Mm and whatever you joke bleak gallows humor jokes you can find during covid that's why the show accidentally became contextual it wasn't like i'm ready to write my uh, show that politically comments on the world situation it's just yeah. like what's what's funny as mate what's funny as fuck at the moment and the only thing that was <laughs> yeah, funny as fu- fuck at the moment was was my lounge my wife so that's very much yeah. how the the show's called the essex variant in the uk that's how the english variant uh became born i started In 2020, doing Zoom gigs, just like I'm talking to you, with like maybe Mm. 10 or 20 minutes of material about COVID and this spun into the socially distanced gigs we had outside in our long summer of August the 1st to August the 2nd of 2020 where I, um, <laughs> I, I did the and I went oh my god this material's electric because none of the other all the other stand-ups were going on going you don't want to make them think about COVID give them a bit of light relief so I was the only one daring to do not um clever political man behind a desk in a suit night show laughs but belly sh- belly laugh laughs and that grew yeah. into this 70 minute beast that i've been touring since 21 it's won all these fucking accolades from the type of newspapers that normally are nervous about me for being too funny yeah, yeah it's the type of show that the it's the type of show that the age would reluctantly like <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I think is the best way to do a show. Something that you said that really resonated with me is that you speak about the fact that you don't necessarily have material that you're attached to. You're like, if it is funny, I will keep it in. Otherwise, I'll just bin it.
2: And I reckon that's the best mentality to have um, Absolutely. with the comedy that you do. Uh, yeah, with any writing, whether you're an author or whatever, it's called kill your darlings Is the is the phrase I know. If you're not willing mm. to murder something you're attached to, you're fucked because as a stand-up, you can get attached to a joke that you know's funny, but the audience doesn't. I see it all <laughs> the time with stand-ups where they've kept a kept a bit in. Uh, I mean, my my stuff's different anyway. It's and like it's like being hit by a bomb when I go on stage, the energy wise. But I'm not afraid of dropping the ball and then saying something for a minute, not in a Russell Brand like convoluted way, but making simple direct statements that have got a bit of power to them as well. But then I'll hit it with a, a laugh as well. So that's how I've done yeah. so well in Edinburgh and things like that, because the shows tend to, even though you could be laughing at a knob joke one minute or on me doing a silly Queensland accent, the next minute they'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll be trying to make you feel, feel something. You know, I do vary it up. Yeah, well, that's something that I was going to say.
0: Rumour has it that on stage, you have slowed down when you're on the stage because you know you've got too much energy
2: uh on stage is is that true or is that just uh old old wives tale it's it's not in australia i wouldn't because my accent's so close to the australian accent but <laughs> yeah. i think that probably comes from because i've just been touring them zurich stockholm uh copenhagen amsterdam athens bahrain dubai um <laughs> yeah, so everywhere. i do i definitely come down 10 or 20 percent just to be on the safe side but to be honest with you, the whole time when I'm in America, everyone's like, "Which part of Australia are you from?" They can't hear the difference <laughs> yeah. between a, an Essex accent and an Aussie accent. So I would never, I would never slow it down in in Australia. I would perform it at the same speed I would in London. Yeah, and we love that. We love
0: the fast pace. Although I'm, I, I don't know why you're coming to Australia because obviously so you've got this huge Australian tour. Last time you came. First time you come to Australia, you win the Barry Award, which is the Melbourne International Comedy Show Award. Yeah. You've, you've reached yep. the peak. Now it you're performing is. in the Opera House in Sydney.
2: I'm looking at it here. Um, are you? How are you feeling about this Australian tour? Well, that that Barry Award thing was a surprise because I just won in 2010 our main award. I think it's one of the biggest awards on the planet, I would say that. The yeah. Edinburgh Comedy Award, wherever it's had a yeah, few different names. The per- Perrier Award whatever. And uh, I came to Australia and because everything was taking off for me, there was only time for me to do an 11-day run at the Melbourne Festival. And I, I, I had assumed I was ineligible to, to win it, but apparently I'd yeah. done just enough shows. And then I went, I've got <laughs> to have in. myself a holiday. I'm going to make myself ill. So I went to St. Lucia and I was on a beach in St. Lucia and the guy was running with a phone. Said, Someone's trying to reach you. And um, it was my manager who went, mate, you need to you need to pick up the phone to Melbourne Town Hall. I was like... Are you mental? I picked up. I was calculating the time. It's like it's eleven at night in Australia. I picked it up and I was yeah. live at Melbourne Town Hall to a packed <laughs> Town Hall. They're like, "Russell, where is it?" And I went. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm just getting felated on a beach in Saint Lucia. St. Lucia. <laughs> what is this? They went, mate. You, you fucking won the Barry. You fucking mental, fuck. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, what the fuck? It was like the best holiday of my life. And they, sh- they shipped it to me wherever I was in the world and it arrived. Oh, it was so exciting. And I was the first person in, in history to win both of those awards for the same show. That had never been done before.
1: Yeah, the first so time first ever. It's, since it's like ni- it's 1981
2: or something. Yeah, it's been done again since, I believe. But yeah, I was the first one to do it.
1: <coughs> Chuk-
2: We're very excited for you to come here in
0: November, Uh, but we have to go back to your perfect sick day. I could speak to you for hours about your career, but we're we're focusing on this day off. So you're selling uh, meatballs to uh, geriatric people, which I can't believe you haven't spoken about in a show. I haven't. It does sound, sound like a pretty terrible job, but you're getting out of work for today you don't have
2: to stay in the in this terrible job so what excuse would you use to get out of work for the day it would have to be something with contagion in it because you're touching stuff and giving it to old ladies and as we know you know <laughs> yeah. viruses love love a bit of old lady and uh, they really do i oh, know i do feel i feel sorry for british flu it's it's gone. it's been put completely out of work by covid Uh, I bet Australia. I mean, Australian flu will be even more racist. It's like, fucking, I don't mind new viruses coming over here, but it should have been stuck on the island with all the immigrants rather than taking (laughs) proper work from Australian flu. It's our job to kill our fucking pensioners, not some Chinese fucking shit.
0: <laughs> it is funny, though, because the Australian flu this year actually did the opposite. It said, hey, we're going to one-up COVID and has been the worst flu I think that we've ever had. Well, there you go.
2: Properly yeah. Australian-made <laughs> yeah. products for Australian people.
0: Yeah, That's what exactly. we fucking need, Harry.
2: Yeah, we don't want any of this COVID bullshit. We want the real deal. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, it would have to be some sort of flu contagion or yeah. food poisoning—something where they wouldn't want me touching the leaflets and interacting with the um, with the old ladies. Yeah, it's so different to showbiz, where you have to go on stage no matter what. <coughs>
0: So the flu is, is got to be, we're going to have the real deal flu, the Australian flu. You can't touch the meatballs for today. So you get the day off. Um, I'm not sure if you
2: have in, in the UK, if you've got Barocca performance, like the energy supplement. Yes, we've got Barocca. We've got Barocca because if you forget you've taken it, it turns your re, your, your urine really <coughs> dark orange. And then you yeah, have a panic attack scary. thinking your kidneys <laughs> have failed. But thankfully, it's just
0: Baraka performance. Um, yeah. And this is the Baraka performance song to pump you up for the day because it's not a big night. As Baraka says, it's a big day. So what song would you pick to pump you up for your perfect day off?
2: I'd probably go Man With A Red Face, Ibiza Classic, Mark Knight Radio Edit. Um, starts with the sax <laughs> and just des- just descends into house music. I do at least one Ibiza a year. I'm doing two this year. It's a shame it's so far from Australia because Aussies would love Ibiza. Yeah, you okay, I've neb- Any Aussie that comes to London goes to Ibiza and then comes back and talks about it. You want to you want to go walkabout? How about you go fucking lay about in an MDMA fucking stupor? <laughs> By the end of it, everyone has the same hands as your granddad. I feel it's great. Yeah, yeah. You, fi- yeah. you finish you finish on the dance floor. Everyone like Stephen Hawking at the front. It's great. <laughs> yeah, God. No, but yeah, so- but so it would definitely an Ibiza tune. A man with a, a man with a red face. Mark Knight Radio Edit. Funk Agenda. Mark Knight. Okay, I've never heard of this song. Mike Knight, I assume, is a huge EDM type of DJ. No, no, not at all. No, the original track by Laurent Garnier, Man with the Red Face, is like a, a classic Ibiza house music tune from like the early noughties. And then Mark yeah. Knight edited it with Funk Agenda for radio and gave it a bit more of a sort of 20, so I 2014, 2015 beat. And it's still yeah. a classic now. I, I'd probably kick the day off with that. I mean, I like, I like three types of music. R&B, me and the missus go whining and grinding all the time. I like house music when I go to Ibiza and I work and just relax to classical music. So I've got a very omnivorous musical palette. Yeah, I've, I've heard as
0: well that you did an interview about one of your favorite classical musicians and you just listened to like 17 minutes of, of that musician as well, um, which yeah. sounds like a, an,
2: an odd experience just to sit there in silence as part of an interview about classical music. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm omnivorous in, in my books as well, in the stuff I read, in the films I watch. You could just as easily find me watching Taken with Liam Neeson after a gig as you can some like heavy drama directed by Michael Haneke or something, you know. Yeah, I'm very yeah, omnivorous. yeah.
0: so so much versatility. I, I heard as well that you spoke about the fact that um, in the lead up to university and in university, you read a lot of books and you, you had a lot of vocabulary, but then you felt weird about using the vocabulary. How was that journey for you and, and how do you feel nowadays about it?
2: Yeah, so I come from uh, uh, what's called a council estate. Is it like a welfare estate? Is that what you would say in Australia? Yeah, we call it like social housing or welfare. Social. Housing, so I yeah. come from a social a social housing estate. So and I never, no one ever taught me to use my brain or or read books. There was never, I was not exposed to it. It wasn't my mum and dad's fault. They were just working hard, you know. So I got all the way to 18 or 19 before I realised, shit, I've got a brain, I need to use it or I'm going to end up selling frozen food to the door. By now, I was selling um, Swiss watches in Bond Street to rich people and getting more and more <laughs> resentful. And I thought, Hating I need it. to redo redo my A-levels. They're the exams we do between 16 and 18 and the ones that decide whether you go to uni or not. Yeah, and then get into yeah. it. So I, I, so, I did, so I redid my A-levels. And then when I got, got to uni... Although I was able to start the English degree, I realised there was massive gaps in authors I hadn't read. Jane Austen, Oscar Wilde, whoever. So I was getting up extra early in the morning and I was partying at night as well and just reading extra (laughs) authors. But the problem is yeah. when you when you come when you come from a welfare state you've not heard posh words being used even quite basic mm. ones like impudent or whatever so you don't know how yeah. they're pronounced so I was learning them and then I had to learn the diacritic alphabet to teach me how posh words were pronounced because it could, you take the word impudent which is all over Jane Austen it could be impudent it could be impudent I, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so I was carrying these word cards around, manually expanding my English vocabulary, and then I just got rid of them once it, so I sort of absorbed it. But I was very self-conscious mm. about using it, because if you've got a working class accent and you use long words, people think you're showing off. They can't possibly believe that you've acquired them. Whereas if you speak, like yeah. say, like a, in, a, in a really refined Melbourne museum curator way, <laughs> yeah. you can use whatever language you like. But if that I, is like, so grew spot in, on. <laughs> If I grew up in fucking Rockhampton or something, I'm, I'm not allowed to use the word obstreperous. Yeah.
1: You know what, mate? Yeah. What are you fucking
2: showing off for? Just say so noisy, you daft cunt. You know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so that, that
2: accent prejudice is massive.
1: Mm.
0: And I, th- I feel like you've really managed to overcome that. Just the way that you speak, every time I've heard you speak, the insight that you have, no matter what the words are that you use, is always just so magnificent um, and so insightful. Oh, that's good to hear. Thank you.
1: <gasps> Chuk-
0: so, look, we're going back to Ibiza, though. Let's forget about insightful Jane Austen. We're going yeah. back to this uh, deep house, man with a red face, the Ibiza radio edit. Um, that's, pumped, that's pumped you up for the day. But now you're feeling a bit peckish. You're feeling a bit hungry. So where would you go in your local area for your
2: favorite meal? Well, this is the thing. As, as, a, as a stand-up comic who's now on his eighth tour... I've gone the other way. Eating out stops being a novelty pretty quick. In fact, you start gagging as you as you smell your like ninth Cornish pasty of the day. <laughs> um, so it would the novelty for me is cooking at home from scratch. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. You can. You definitely can. So, so what I would do is I would pop to Waitrose, which is our posh supermarket. So Waitrose is our posh supermarket. You know, everything's an ingredient. There's a picture of the farmer yeah. doing a thumbs up as he lifts the fucking parsnip <laughs> from the earth and uh, yeah. we, I, we, I would home cook from scratch some amazing probably I don't cook anything without spice so it would either, it would either be Caribbean or Indian or Thai or something like that some, but really good ingredients fresh fish fresh vegetables and cook it from scratch definitely okay but fish based probably yeah I eat a lot a lot of fish I'm not I'm not pesky Come weekend, mate, I'm smashing fucking Wagyu like a pro. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, throughout the week, it's just fish and chicken. I keep the red meat for the, for the weekend. I need a lot of protein to keep me And I've experimented with every diet going. And if I don't mm. have fuckloads of meat protein, I just don't have energy. I burn a lot of calories. I burn about 3,000 a day. Oh my God, that is a decent amount of calories just moving around. What's
0: your go-to dish? If you were to cook a dish and say, this is the dish that I'm best known for, what would
2: that be? It would be Indian. I would do some sort of Indian fish curry. Yeah, definitely some Bengal oh, fish curry. No. So I'm good. I put I use olive oil rather than ghee. I keep I keep the oils, you know, healthy fats. Uh, I put some olive oil in yeah, there. Yeah, of course. Something neutral. Something like monkfish is great because it keeps its shape. Uh, if you put cod in and you cook it for too long, it will come. It will come. A lot of white fish comes to pieces. But monkfish, I don't know if you have that in Australia. It's like a steak steak fish with know. medallions. No, you would have heard of it yeah yeah i mean a, that sounds sounds delicious it doesn't come apart it's like lobster meat or prawn meat it stays together
0: yeah well i was surprised you didn't go for the chroma crab uh, as as part of your meal because i know that of course you uh took to twitter to try and bring them back i thought that surely would have been part of your
2: favorite meal i love i love crab but in a curry curried crab <laughs>
1: It, it feels odd, like something not. Ted
2: It's like something Ted Bundy would cook shortly before he cut your genitals off. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it sounds yeah, not the healthiest choice.
2: Um, so are you a big are you the main cook in the house? Uh no, my wife is brilliant. I had to we've been together like 10 years now, so I I've, you know, she's stolen some of the techniques. Once you master the basics <laughs> Of onion, garlic, oil, tomatoes, and your herb cupboard, you can go anywhere around the world. So, a lot of people make the mistake of learning I'm going to make the most amazing shepherd's pie, I can do a great misaka. But the thing is, you want to learn the, the basics of, of flavor, then you can go anywhere. So, she's, she's brilliant, now. she's brilliant now. But I love cooking for myself, it's a novelty. I'll cook for myself today. I've just defrosted 600 grams of cod, which I will probably eat today. I <laughs> oh eat so God. much food. It is, it is incredible yeah. the amount of energy I've burned. Because uh, I'm trying to put mu- muscle on in the gym. So I've gone up to 3,000 calories. I've woken up today and I've lost lost 100 grams again. How have I lost 100 grams yesterday? <laughs> How? I had a bowl of cereal for dessert. People are, people are jealous of you, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, you say that. But as a bloke, you don't want to be getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Like uh, we got these little salami sticks called Peperamis in the UK. Um, you know the little the little pepperami sticks, the, the salami sticks? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. There. I know it's, them
1: yeah that's basically
2: what i look like that with hair on (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it is funny that you say like
0: with men especially how it's something that we think about a lot i would say it's a bit of man baggage which of course is one of the podcasts that you do uh that um speaks all about men and the baggage that we have and you also do another podcast called evil genius how did you get into i guess both these quite
2: different podcasts uh well manbag is just i went out for a drink with a guy that runs joe joe is this big website we have here it's like a news website Does joe have an australian franchise mm-hmm. it's like a ye- yellow square with joe it's like no, a lad bi- lad bible type thing I don't think so and um yeah they they was just an idea of doing like uh we see lots of shows of women sat around saying how hard it is to be women and i thought oh let's do a man version of that so that came out of that evil genius has been far far more successful it's one of the most successful things i've ever created that was 100 percent my idea i took it to the bbc and we did it as a podcast initially what's called a bbc sounds podcast you can get all the bbc podcasts over there and it was so good that radio four took it over now radio bbc radio four is like our flagship all the posh middle class people listen to it's like our intellectual yep. <laughs> radio so if, if the age did a radio station it would be radio four and um, it yeah. absolutely fucking dis- it destroyed it and we take people from history and it could, it's normally the people that everyone else thinks amazing say Gandhi, Mother Teresa could be Richard Pryor could be Picasso and I let off really awful fact bombs around these celebrities or from history things that you can't believe are true awful things that they did and then at the end my panel of three comedians have to vote evil or genius so it's, a co- it's almost making fun of cancel culture. You've got to keep Picasso or bin him, evil <laughs> yeah. or, or genius, And everyone's like, oh, I think life's more yeah. complicated than that. But it's not. Fucking Gen Z, they love to cancel someone overnight. It's the world we live in. So the weird, the weird thing about Gen Z that I find so funny is they're like, you can't give things labels anymore. Nothing has meaning and everything is shifting all the time. But you're cancelled. Everything's black and white. It's like, well...
1: that's really hard
2: the dichotomy Uh, between it which which is it is it we can cancel something and everything's clear or is it nothing has meaning and everything's fluid I mean I'll go with whichever (laughs) one pick a lane you don't get to have you don't have to have both so it it plays with that ID war but actually turns it into comedy that's warm and funny yet we're talking about horrific things fucking genocide child abuse murder whatever shit these people have done we also do reverse episodes as well where we take it People who it's fashionable to hate, say Pablo Escobar, Margaret Thatcher, yeah. and then I let off, I let off fact bombs in the other direction, good things that they've done to confuse and confound. Anyway, this has got more and more popular to the point w- where this year I've made it for TV. I'm, I'm making it for television. I'm assuming you get oh, wow. Sky over there. Isn't, isn't it Aussie Sky we, TV? I'm pretty sure it's Australian. We do
0: get Sky. We do get Sky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is very exciting. I'm, I'm a big listener of the podcast and I absolutely love it. I just think it's such a fantastic pod, uh, podcast theme and idea, um, especially because every single time you listen, there's so much that you learn
2: that I honestly had no yeah. idea about. It's very uncomfortable, most of the stuff you learn as well. And it's uh, it'll be on TV in November this year
0: but okay, this year
2: on, on Sky. Whether it will whether transmit on Australian Sky at the same time, I have no idea. I would assume, you know, oh, Murdoch we'll just probably... fires, fires out of his helmet into every eye hole on the planet. <laughs> oh, we'll,
0: we'll probably get it probably uh, by 2030, maybe 2035, if we're lucky. Yeah. It takes a while for <laughs> yeah. things to come here, unfortunately. Not fast-tracked. Well, hope,
2: hopefully you guys will get it. Hopefully you will. Yeah, we can see it while you're here in Australia. It'll be exciting. I don't think we've had an Aussie subject on there. I can't think of... Uh... And it would need to be a real great the greatest of, of, of 10 australians that have also got a murky side there'd be good candidates to do like an aussie special
0: a lot of the famous australians are generally outlaws <laughs> like ned kelly is probably one of the most famous
2: australians yeah, but you, but very that would be a reverse that- episode that would be a reverse episode Kelly, definitely. evil fu- evil fucking uh robert ah but and then we'd find some genius things that he did yeah. 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 That's a good idea. That is a good fucking do you know what? That is a great shout. Ned Kelly, evil genius. Yeah, I like that. Yeah,
0: that would be great. I uh, I think Australians would love that one. <laughs> Chuk-a-siki. Well, going back to your, I guess, your perfect day off, um, you've got this delicious Indian curry. Now, if you could go anywhere in the world for your perfect meal, I know that eating out has lost a bit of its novelty overseas, but if you could go anywhere for a meal that really resonated with you, do you have a place in mind
2: where you would go if you if you could go anywhere? My favorite, my favorite place on earth for going out to eat or just visiting, apart from Tassie, joking Tasmania, <laughs> Hobart. No, it's not. It's uh, a <laughs> It would be the Maldives. I don't know if you, I don't know if the okay. Maldives has got a following in Australia.
0: Well, it's actually not that far for Australians. I think it's only thirteen hours, for, which for us is close. Yeah, exactly. It's the same as driving <laughs> yeah. from
2: Sydney to fucking Darwin, and uh, yeah, it's it's about right. Um, It's of all, you know, when you go on holiday and you build it up for months and months and you're tired and it's always amazing, but it never quite matches the paradise, white sand, desert island fantasy in your brain. The Maldives is the only place Mm. on earth that does. The food is a fusion of like definitely your South Indian cuisine, uh, but a slightly lighter, more fragrant version. So I'm in curry heaven having masala doses and chicken curries for lunch. We were having curry for breakfast, but it is the last island we went to, Cora Cora. You could walk round the whole island in twenty minutes, and come back oh, wow. to where you'd started from. Twenty minutes later, the whole resort was there. We we're on a we we're on a bungalow on stilts over the Indian Ocean. You arrive by seaplane oh. and land on the water. It, mate, it's my wife cried when we arrived. She cried with happiness. I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah. It was so beautiful. That's great i feel like it's a very instagram-esque
0: destination i feel like a lot of people know about it now because everyone just looks at it on instagram you see the stilts you see the
2: white sand and you're like this looks like utopia it's, fu- it's fucking it's unreal i know i know like, obviously aussies have a higher bar because it's loads you got loads of nice beaches and stuff yeah, if that's you want to be very <laughs> it's, true there's a shark <laughs> with a serviette waiting come on mate get in yeah, and uh yeah. but- but it's but it's just the lack of cars the lack of any it's just so beautiful it was a bit too quiet for my daughter my daughter was only seven so if we mm-hmm. go back we'd probably go back to one that was a, just a little bit more commercial so that she can make holiday friends because she's an only child which is a fucking nightmare but um but yeah, yeah Maldives if I could teleport to one place for lunch now I'd put me and Lindsay on the beach in the Maldives private dining and then we'd be back bang teleport in time for the school run yeah <laughs> yeah so, so your daughter's at school which is perfect so you don't feel guilty about leaving her momentarily no. well it's summer holidays here because obviously it's our it's our summer at the time we're speaking we, we're talking in august but uh, it's uh, yeah. we send her to we send her to summer clubs every day she needs it man yeah. she needs a hamster wheel she's like me yeah
0: that's that's great <coughs>
2: Chuk-
1: chuk-a-siki.
0: In the afternoon of your perfect day, you've had your delicious meal, you've had your pump-up song. Like Ferris Bueller, you have to have an afternoon activity. So if you could do anything with anyone, what would you do for your perfect afternoon activity? Well, apart from the obvious uh, male
2: answer, <laughs> yeah. which is she absolutely Besides that. fuck... Which is fucking eat a pack of edibles and, and root the misses until 8pm. No, oh. um, it's, I mean, that is... The, the, i tell you what's changed in me since I've been t- touring, like properly going for it in the last 10 to 15 years. Is, it's, This is a really shit thing to people who hate their jobs to listen to. And I know because I come from a community where I've got cousins in prison. We shovel fucking sand outside building sites. They got tags on their ankles. We work in supermarkets. My mum was a factory cleaner. So I come from a place of humbleness, believe me. But my life is so chock full of interesting going here and there amazing things that the fantasy as it's not a coincidence I just pick the Maldives where there's nothing to do yeah. if I've got a day off and I'm at home the most blissful day is to stay in my pajamas to get Godfather trilogy and start watching at nine in the oh, morning yeah. and finish at nine at night might even uh, if I was into it Eat a bit of an edible. Come on, Australia, make them legal. What am I going to do in November? Yeah. and um, they're, they're legal and, uh, in some places. Are they legal in Sydney? Uh, no, <laughs> not yet. No. You maybe. can medically
0: That's get not it, safe. but it's not, it's not legal yet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, We're getting there. Which a is a, we're a slow mover. I don't know
2: if you've heard. We're a bit slow to things in Australia. You're, you're going to need to private message me afterwards, Harry. I need, I need a hookup urgently, mate. And, uh, no, yeah. the... Um, so yeah, it would it would be it would be fat glass of uh, of wine, um, watching watching the Godfather all day, eating amazing food. I probably would hit a Deliveroo. That's our takeaway service um, here, which I'm surprised you don't have yeah, in Australia. We've it got it here sounds too. Like yeah. kangaroo. Oh, you have? Yeah, it sounds Australian. We,
0: we well, we used to. It, I think it actually went under. Did he? The irony. So I, I don't think and, uh, it
2: worked. I don't think it worked so well. Yeah, in no. Australia of all places. Yes. Yeah, because if you're dropping a pin, where are you? Well, I'm in Terrabunga Nanga Ninga. That's just four hours on your moped. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Put your Joe <laughs> in, you'll be fine. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it would be. I know I, the more the free from activity, re, I might read a short story to have a break from the screen. I've got a hot tub in the garden. I might go in that. Just a day of truly doing nothing, no phone calls, no emails. And I'm very lucky I've converted this garage in my house where the car should go is now converted into a cinema with screen and like four chairs. Oh, that's I would put great. myself in there and just watch yeah. Godf- Godfather Trilogy. Yeah, Projector, Godfather Trilogy, seven speakers yeah. around, two subwoofers. Yeah. I might even <laughs> yes. do, I would probably because the third, third Godfather is so shit, what I would probably do is two Godfathers and then Terminator terminator with the subwoofers turned up yeah 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 and it's got to be the first terminator because after that they
0: kind of get uh worse and worse and worse yes i'll be back we know can you please
2: which one do you prefer godfather one or two it's hard to call it it's one of the few occasions where i can say they're both as excellent as each other it's almost impossible to call it i think undisputed probably the best trilogy of all time it's just it's a shame
0: about the third one shouldn't have made it I shouldn't have made. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Godfather one and two. I feel like that is a great way to spend an afternoon, and being in your PJs as well. I think there is nothing better than chucking a sickie and actually using it for what it what it historically has been used for, which is being in pajamas, not getting out of bed, and making
2: the most of a big day. Yeah. Well, sick in in London and England, sick means good. It means something that's amazing. It's like yeah. it's how all the cool people say, "Oh my god, that is sick." Do they say that in Australia? As yeah, yeah, on. we
0: say like fully sick.
2: Yeah, so we've changed the meaning of sicky to sicky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a sicky day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, it's it's a jam-packed day. I'll, I'll recap it for you, and I want you to tell me how it sounds to you. So you start off the day selling uh, meatballs to old women, <laughs> um, door-to-door <laughs> for Iceman, and then you're getting out of the day because you've got the, not just the British flu, which hasn't made a resurgence, but the Australian uh, flu, the fair dinkum Australian flu, Fucking the worst you could ever one. have. And that, and that and, flu
2: can travel, mate. Right, It, sta- it, it actually started yeah. in Earl's Court <laughs> Amen. <laughs> In a walkabout pub, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> made all the way down to Australia, and then
0: you're playing "Man with a Red Face" the Mark Knight Abiza Radio Remix. It's it's as though you're an obesia for that you know four minute track. Then yeah, you're yeah. you're not Loving going this. out for a meal. You're actually having a home cooked meal. Um, Lindsay's going to be there. Your, your daughter might get an invite. We'll have to see. But you're having no, an Indian fish curry. <laughs> My daughter <laughs>
2: She's is not safely invited. out. Okay. She's at a sport club. That opens up the possibility yep. of daytime hanky-pank as any married couple will know (laughs) it's true yeah a daytime shag is 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 one of the greatest accomplishments if you can make it (laughs) an afternoon delight i think is as it's called um yeah and then you might
0: quickly get transported to the Maldives to have that delicious white sand meal some south indian curry there and then in But the rest of the day, you've got nine hours of The Godfather. One, two. We're skipping three, though, going straight to Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator,
2: in your PJs with some wine. How does that sound for your perfect day off? That that sounds amazing. I might might (laughs) do it because it's it's quite early here. I've got nothing else on. I'm going to do that, I think. (laughs) It's definitely one of the most achievable sick days that we've had.
0: And I think sitting on the couch watching The Godfather and The Terminator is... Probably one of the most
2: manly things
0: you can do, but also cinema greats.
2: Yeah, you've literally made me an offer I can't refuse with that day. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah
0: well we are very excited for the english variant to come to australia in november and to see evil genius on the tv and listen to the podcast as it comes can't wait for the ned kelly episode i'll have to send you a few more <laughs> australian icons that you can look into um yes, dingoes would probably be a good one as well for a reverse one because they've got a pretty bad rap in australia for like kidnapping yeah, children dingos. and whatnot
2: that's right yeah yeah i know that Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah but at least it was um, an Australian but, animal that took an Australian baby. Otherwise, we'd have to deport it yeah. to a nearby island.
0: <laughs> we feel okay. It wasn't Johnny Depp's dogs, which had a really rough exactly. time trying to get over here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Cain, <Kane, laughs> it has been an absolute delight having you Thank on the show. You. I'm, My pleasure. Stitches, I can't wait to get back. C- I can't wait. Cannot wait for you to come to Australia. Excited for you to win some more awards. I think they're going to make up an award just for you when you come down. Thank you so much for coming on Chucking a Sickie. <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye. Well, there you have it. The perfect day off for Russell Kane. I am so excited for his frozen meatball segment in his next show. It's got to happen. And Ned Kelly as an evil genius, maybe even a dingo, that uh, that excites me. That excites me a lot. I can't wait to see the show on TV. Make sure, as I said at the top of the show, to get your tickets to Russell Kane's Australian tour. It's happening from the 13th to the 19th of November in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. So make sure to grab your tickets. Links are in the description below. Make sure to rate, review and subscribe to Chuck a Asiki Podcast and follow us on the socials at Chuck and sicky Podcast and join us next week for another perfect day off on Chucking sicky.